May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, when you, when you hear the word service, what do you think of? Church service? Customer service? Community service? What about the word sacrifice? What comes to mind when you think of sacrifice? Jesus, amen, there you go. I have to admit, my first thought went to baseball. <laughs> sacrifice fly, sacrifice bunt, right? <laughs> but that's where we want to go, right, Mike? Jesus. And, and that's kind of my point for today. I think uh, sometimes words like service and, and sacrifice, they aren't always the most exciting or encouraging words in the English language or, or in our everyday lives or even in church. Uh, when we hear that call to, to serve or that call to sacrifice, it's not always the most encouraging or exciting thing. But, but what I want to encourage us with today, what I want to encourage you to hear today is that service and sacrifice are actually key terms for us to understand if we want to live a Christian life. In fact, uh, what I hope you'll get excited about today is that service and sacrifice are actually key concepts that unlock the door to the abundant life that, that Christ offers all of us in him. Uh, it's worth getting excited about. I hope that we'll be excited when we hear words like service and sacrifice because we won't think about all the things that, uh, that I mentioned. We'll think about what Brother Mike mentioned. We'll think about uh, what God's word teaches us about these, these words like service and sacrifice. See, that's one of the most beautiful things about this idea of sharing life together in Christ is that what we offer to God in, in service to others, it actually comes back to us in blessings that, that far outweigh the sacrifice. God uses those things that, that we put on the altar to bring abundance, not only to our lives, but to the lives of those around us as, as God sets those things on fire. That's what I want to talk about for just a few minutes today. Uh, we're, in, we're in week five of this series called Fellowship Forward, it, this conversation that we're having about vision. What is, what is God's vision for fellowship or what is God's vision for our lives? Not just today, but, but in the days ahead. How, how is God going to move fellowship forward towards that vision and, and what is God calling us to do? What's God calling you to do? What's God calling me to do? What's God calling us to do to live into that vision, to, to live out that vision in our lives and in our life together? Uh, I want to read that phrase that I've been reading the last few weeks that, that I feel like God has placed on my heart that's helping me understand what that means for us as we move fellowship forward. Uh, and, it's that, and, it, and that's this. The, the church is, is the flame that, that burns with God's vision. So, so that the world around us can see God's power through these sparks of, of sharing life together. When we, when we share life together, that's a light to those around us. And when we do that, they're like little sparks that, that fly all over the place that, that might catch in, in places and with people that are in our midst. So, 
So as I've shared with you, my prayer has been and my prayer continues to be that fellowship would be a burning bush for those around us. That, that, that we would be so ablaze with the presence of God that people around us would see us and be drawn to us. But not, not to us, drawn to the presence of God in our midst. And just like that story we read a few weeks ago about Moses and the burning bush, that, that in the presence of God, we might experience the power of God and hear the promises of God and hear the proclamation of God to go with, with the provision of God to the people that God's calling us to go to and, and, and to be the people that God is calling us to be. That's what this is all about. That's what it means to be a burning bush. And that's my hope and that's my prayer for us. And so we've been talking about how to start a fire. And one of the things that we, we've started with, one of the foundational things about that is that for a fire to start in our life together, a fire has to start in our lives first for, for growth or for revival or for awakening to happen in our church or in our community. It has to first happen in our hearts and minds. And so, so we've been talking about for the, for the last few weeks what that might look like, how that might happen in our lives and, and in our, our life together. And we've been talking about these vows that we take as a community of faith. When we uh, commit to being a part of this, this church, this fellowship family, we talk about um, sharing life together in Christ. And we talk about in the midst of that, that we, we commit to one another to share these, these vows, prayers, presence, gifts, service, witness. And so we've been looking at how those things are, are elements of what God uses to start a fire in our midst. We've talked about how, how prayer builds the altar on our hearts and minds for God to bring the fire. We've talked about how, how our presence together, how that's gathering the wood, how community becomes the kindling for the fire of God. We've talked about how our gifts light a match that, that ignites our own passions and the passions of those around us. And so today... I want to talk about service. And the way that I want to talk about service is how to bring a sacrifice to place on the altar of God. And I want to share with you, I want to start by sharing with you a story that, that we heard at the New Room Conference that we went to a few weeks ago. There was a woman that spoke. She was the very last speaker, and her name was Carol Wood. I'm sorry, Carol Ward. I'm still thinking about the fire and the wood and all that stuff. Yeah. Carol Ward. Uh, she was an amazing woman. She had an amazing testimony. She told her story about how she was the, the daughter of missionaries, and, and she would later become a missionary herself, but she, she grew up uh, on the mission field. And she said she learned how to read by reading this book called Fox's Book of Martyrs. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before, but it's a, it's a book that tells stories of people who, who died for their faith, who gave their life for Christ throughout history. And so she, she grew up in that environment, and she grew up reading that book. And, and she said at some point in her life, she told God that she was willing to die for him. And the word that she said God spoke to her in response to that prayer was this. She said that God spoke to her heart and said, usually it's harder to live for me than it is to die for me. And so with 
with that on her heart and mind, she, she committed herself to, to a life of, of service as a living sacrifice to God. Uh, she, she began to tell her story about serving in some of the most dangerous places that anyone ever dared to go to share the gospel. And she said she wasn't afraid to die because she had died a long time ago. She had died to herself. She had died to her own will, her own way. She had committed to living a life of service, to being a living sacrifice to God. And as I listened to her powerful testimony, and as I thought about this conversation that, that we're having, I, I, I finally understood what, what Paul was saying in the, in the scripture lesson that I want to share with you today. Uh, this is a letter from, from the Apostle Paul to the church in Rome, and he's describing to them what it looks like to live this life uh, for Christ in response to Christ's sacrifice for us. Romans chapter 12, maybe you've heard it before, but I hope you'll hear it afresh this morning. This is God's word for us today. Chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, Paul says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. As I listened to, to Carol speak, and I thought about this passage, and, and I thought about our conversation about what it looks like to start a fire. I just had this picture in my mind of an altar, just like we've been talking about. This, this altar built with prayer. This wood gathered with presence. This match lit with passion and giftings. And how it had all been prepared for a sacrifice. That's what altars were built for in the Old Testament. Just to give you some backstory. Uh, Altars were central to, to the community because they were, were prepared for the sacrifice that was brought by the people of God. God built this community of faith through Moses, and it was built uh, around this sacrificial system that, that had been developed, which included burnt offerings that were offered to God. These burnt offerings were presented to God as an act of worship, but they were also uh, an admission of, of guilt. They were an admission of sin. They were... They were holy and pleasing to God because they acknowledged the unholiness of God's people, their, their sin and how sin was unpleasing to God. And so they made these sacrifices as an act of worship, as an admission of, of sin. And all this is important context uh, if we want to fully understand the importance not only of what Christ came and did for us, but also of what Christ calls us to do in response. Uh, the book of Hebrews puts it like this. Hebrews chapter 10, starting at verse 1, says the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near in worship. Otherwise, they would not have stopped being offered. For the worshipers would have been cleansed once and for all. They would no longer have felt guilt for their sins. But see, it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but a body 
you prepared for me with burnt offerings and sin offerings. You were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. See, this is the good news of, of God's grace about the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus, the Messiah who said, I have come not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. See, Christ sacrificed his life for us as an atonement for our sins once and for all. He, he laid his body on the altar. He said, not my will, but yours be done. And he, he sacrificed for us once and for all. So there, there's no need for any further payment for our sins. We simply receive the gift. But in response to the gift, we we get to offer something back to God. Uh, let me put it like this. Christ died for us so that we can live for him. Does that make sense? Uh, it's simple, but it's, it's powerful. Christ died for us so that we could live for him. That's what Carol was talking about. I just had this image of her climbing up on the altar and becoming a burnt offering, but not like bulls or goats, not a, a dead sacrifice, like a burning bush, like a living sacrifice, ablaze with the fire of God, but not consumed. Dead to self, but alive in Christ, transformed by the Spirit of God and committed to living a life according to the way and will of God as an act of worship. That's what Paul was talking about. And you know, maybe it's not exactly the same the way that, that God called Carol and, and God's going to call you or God calls me because we've talked about this before. We're all uniquely created and called and commissioned by God, but, but I believe with all my heart that God has created and called each one of us to be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God in the places and the people that God has called us to be. God is calling us to die to ourselves so that we can live for Christ. And a life lived for Christ, a life of service to God and others, following his example, is actually good news. It, it's, a good, it's the good news that we don't often understand or, or we, don't off, we probably don't share enough, but, but the good news is a life of service to God and others is, is the most abundant, fulfilling, rewarding life that we can live. I think if we really believed that, we would probably live differently. But I believe it's true. Because I've seen it. Ask, ask any of the, the ladies that do the Linus blankets on Mondays and Thursdays if, if their lives haven't been made more abundant by getting to share in that kind of service to God and others. Ask anyone involved in fuel if filling those bags up hasn't filled their lives with joy by getting to share in that kind of service to God and others. Ask, ask anyone who, who serves at Journey Home or with Bread from Heaven or FC Kids or Crossroad Youth or 
Emmaus or Chrysalis or Kairos or, or coffee out in the lobby. They'll all tell you the same thing. Serving God and, and others is one of the most rewarding, transformational things they've ever done. Or you'll ever do. I'll tell you another great example this morning. Uh, Julie Hyatt, came, she came up here and she's been decorating our altar and she got here hours early um, and set it up. And when she was done, she asked me to look at it and I said, it looks great. Uh, thank you so much for serving in that way and doing that. And she says, you'll never know how much I get from, from, this, from doing this. And it's just such a beautiful picture of service. Um, when we serve, when we're a blessing to others, the, the blessing comes back to us. I think about this week, Miss Joan brought in all our, our prayer blankets that, that she's knitted over the last few weeks. And, and just the joy that she had on her face when she brought them in and, and shared them with us. And, and even this morning as we prayed over them. That's the beauty of 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 being a living sacrifice, of, of offering ourselves to God in service to others, is there can be no greater blessing that comes from it. It's, it's, it's a life worth living. It's a life worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ because Jesus lived a life of service. And he died so that we could live a life of service as well. Amen? Does that make sense? Are you with me? So I guess the last question I want to ask today is, is simply this. What, what does this look like in your life? Or what could it look like in your life? I believe, as with everything we've been talking about, that the answer to that question starts with prayer. And so, so I want to ask you again this morning. Would you be willing to, to build an altar of, of prayer this morning on your heart and on your mind and would you be willing to take that a step further would you be willing to to climb up on that altar this morning in your heart and in your mind and offer yourself to God as a living sacrifice would you be willing to say to God this morning Jesus thank you for dying for me I want to live for you every day for the rest of my life. I want to honor you. I want to serve you. I don't want to be conformed to the patterns of this world anymore where it's all about me and mine. I want to be transformed by your word and your spirit so that it's all about you and yours, your will, your way, your purpose, your people. I want to serve others in big ways and small ways in your name because I know that whatever you call me to do, it's for my good and for your glory, because your glory is my greatest good. Would you be willing to do that this morning? Is that a scary thought? It is, kind of, isn't it? And I think the reason for that, I think we need to acknowledge something about God's call in our lives and God's call to serve. I don't know about you, but for a long time, I didn't want to surrender to God. I didn't want to answer the call to serve because I thought God was going to call me to do the thing that, that I hated the most, whatever that was, right? Just the most awful thing I could think of. That's what God's going to call me to do. And, and, and maybe you've wrestled with that lie before. Now, God definitely calls us to do things that stretch us and challenge us, but, 
but I don't think it works that way. I always thought God was going to call me to be a, you know, a missionary to, to the Sudan. I, I say Sudan because that's, what, that's where Carol Ward was called to be in ministry. But um, I wonder this morning how many of us, if we're really honest, have been afraid to say yes to service because we still believe that it's something that God wants from us instead of something that God wants for us. I wonder how that would be different if we started to see service and, and even sacrifice as something God wants for us and not what God wants from us, or at least not just what God wants from us. What if we started to believe that, that God wants us to give our prayers and our presence and our service and our witness because God wants us to have life, life abundant life eternal, life together in Christ? What if we truly believe that to live a life in Christ is so much better than a life lived outside of Christ, outside of his way and, and his will? I think, I think that's what Paul is talking about when he's talking about the renewing of our minds. I think in our scripture lesson, Paul's saying, once, once we've offered ourselves to God as a living sacrifice, once we've been transformed by the renewing of our minds, then we'll begin to see God's will and God's way as the best way that we'll ever be able to find real life, real relationships, real meaning and purpose in life. And the reason is because then, Paul says, you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Do we really believe that? That God's will for our life is good, that it's pleasing, that it's perfect. That when we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God to live a life of service to others, God gives us a life beyond what we could ever hope for or imagine. Do we believe that? I read, I read a quote this morning and I screenshotted it. The pastor by the name of Craig Rochelle, he's, he's not my friend, but, but I really like him a lot, and I follow him on social media. He said, if you want momentary happiness, serve yourself. If you want lasting fulfillment, serve someone else. So is it possible that, that God wants us to give all these things because God wants us to receive this, this life like we've never experienced it before? But to step out into that is, it's an act of faith. It's an act of surrender to God. And it starts with prayer. So, so this morning, with that in mind, I wanna, ask, I wanna ask you to do something, if you're willing. John Wesley had a prayer that he prayed every year as a, as a step of faith, as an act of surrender. And I wanna invite you to pray it with me this morning as we we move into our response time as the worship team comes up, uh, as we come to the close of the service. This, this prayer is called the Wesley Covenant Prayer uh, because that's how the covenant is ratified in God's word, right, with a, with a sacrifice. And so if you're willing, I wanna invite you to pray this with me. It's on the screen. We're gonna pray it out loud together. Holy and gracious and loving God, I am no longer my own, but thine. 
Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee. Exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine and I am thine. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Amen. Well, the altar is open this morning, this altar up front, if you'd like to come and pray uh, for yourself, for someone else, for our church, for whatever God is calling you to this morning. If you want somebody to pray with you, I'd love to pray with you. If you want to grab somebody and come forward and pray together, you're welcome to do that. If you just want to stay in your seat and, and, and let that be your altar this morning, that's okay. But with just these last couple of minutes this morning, I want to invite you to simply respond to what God is, is, is speaking to you through his word and through his spirit. Because whatever it is that God wants from you this morning, it's what God wants for you. So would you receive it today? Let's, let's stand as we sing this closing song.